Nyata, hello. It's Alison here from Sanctuary, a little church in southwest Victoria. Where is God? We see Russian troops invading Ukraine and desperate people trapped. We hear of Rohingya Muslims being persecuted and Burmese protesters mown down in the streets. We read of military atrocities and police brutality and institutional violence and domestic abuse and sometimes we suffer these things ourselves. And we wonder, where is God? Why isn't God protecting the innocent? When will God punish the violent and keep vulnerable people safe? There's an old children's song that goes like this. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. And the song is inspired by various powerful biblical images. An enraged she-bear in Hosea. The soaring mother eagle in Deuteronomy. The God who controls the wind and the waves. The God who sends plagues and armies to punish and destroy. And these metaphors for God are domineering, warrior-like, ready and willing to punish evil. But when we look around, God doesn't seem to be doing much of this. Instead, vulnerable people keep suffering, and the proud keep trampling over the people who get in their way. Weak people. People perhaps like Jesus. In God's culture, says Jesus, some who are last will be first, and some of the first will be last. His words are a warning to the powerful, and the powerful respond with threats. Get away from here, the Pharisees say. Herod wants to kill you. Now, if Jesus was the big strong God we're sort of kind of hoping for, he'd laugh in their faces, and then he'd whip out a sword or a plague or some superhero power. And he'd slaughter those colluding Pharisees, and then he'd kill Herod and all his lackeys for good measure. And then he'd take out every murderous dictator, and every genocidal land grabber, and every corporate polluter, and every abusive priest. He'd destroy those vicious right-wingers, and the toxic left. And then he'd move on to savage gang leaders, and brutal family members, and those thugs down the street. And once the world was neat and tidy and all our enemies gone, he'd sit on the throne in Jerusalem in a purple velvet robe, while blood ran in rivers through the streets. But perhaps we've noticed by now, Jesus is not this kind of God. Instead, Jesus tells the Pharisees that he's going to continue his work of healing and casting out demons. And then he'll head to the place where the prophets have always been killed. And he compares Herod to a fox and himself to a chicken. Not the imperial eagle of Deuteronomy with vicious beak and talons that rip foxes apart. Not the enraged she-bear of Hosea who disembowels foxes with a swipe of her claws. Instead, he compares himself with a vulnerable, defenceless chicken. A mother hen, in fact, who longs to gather her brood under her wings and who puts her own body between the fox and her chicks 
knowing full well she will be killed. And most of us here at Sanctuary have seen what happens when a fox gets into the hen house. So why would Jesus say this? He's a son of God. He can call upon angel armies. Why would he compare himself to something so pathetic, so weak? Something which can't protect anyone from predators on the prowl. Something which won't kill our enemies. Well, this image of Jesus as Mother Hen and these questions go to the heart of the nature of Christ. And this is that despite all those who say otherwise, Jesus refuses to be a strong man. Sure, there are plenty of strongmen around who claim to work in his name. We see it in the news every day. Manufactured pseudo-Christian angst against Ukrainians or trans kids or Muslims or women in leadership. But strong men bring people together by turning other people into scapegoats. They rally the crowds by whipping up fear and uniting people against a common enemy. And as Putin's recent actions so clearly demonstrate, if we follow a strong man, we will never see an end to the cycles of fear, hatred and violence which rip our world apart. But Jesus rejects this way of being God. He rejects the human lust for domination and control. He rejects retaliation and retribution. And he rejects all of their outworkings military invasions and border controls and racism and homophobia and domestic abuse and all the other ways the violent unite against and persecute people. Instead, Jesus offers peace. Peace to his friends, but most especially peace to his enemies. And this is not a military peace. It's not the peace of domination but the peace of disarmament. It's the peace which demands we lower our defences, lay down our swords, risk vulnerability and love. It's the peace we know when we refuse to do violence ourselves, but instead let our only experience of violence be in the suffering of it. And Jesus takes this even further. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, he cries. The city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you are not willing. Jesus' peace means loving and seeking to shelter even those who would reject and destroy him. And this cost Jesus his life. No wonder so few are willing to gather under her wings, for this peace and this way are dangerous. There's no guarantee of safety, there's no earthly security. Foxes and wolves circle hungrily, and all we have is Christ's own body comfortingly warm, wholeheartedly loving, totally unguarded and infinitely vulnerable. 
Yet this is our call as followers of Jesus, to nestle in and to trust. To let go of our individualism and become part of the flock. To turn our backs on retaliation and revenge and to seek unity and solidarity with all who gather under Christ's wings. To give our lives over to love. As we do so, we might well be mocked, even attacked. We might well suffer for our stance, just as the mother in Christ was mocked and attacked, suffered and even died, wings spread, breast exposed. And yet in doing so, she disarmed the powers of retaliation, violence and sin once and for all. For on the third day, her work was done, and she was raised to newness of life, the life into which we are called, the life of God's kingdom culture where violence is not an option and love reigns over all. So in answer to the question, where is God? I say this, God in Christ is huddled with the victims, breathing comfort into their fear and tending their wounds. She's lamenting over the violence of the world and grieving with all those who suffer. She is opening her arms towards her enemies and those who would destroy her, breathing out only peace. She's germinating seeds in barren hearts and scorched earth. She's found in stranger and word and bread. And she is in you, and in all who shelter under her wings. She comes more alive every time you refuse to retaliate, every time you choose the non-violent path. She's seen when you build bridges with enemies, and when you show patience with stumbling folk. She's the source of all life and all love. She's the flow of forgiveness and hope. She is a peace which surpasses understanding. And as people gathered in her name, she is here among us now. So nestle in, take heart, be encouraged and listen. For our mother is crooning over us in tenderness and in joy. Thanks be to God. There's always more to read on our website, that's sanctuarybaptist.org. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters, and if you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal, and you'll find the details for this on the website. This recording was made on the lands of the Peak Warring people of the Eastern Ma Nation. Yellow billy buttons and purple dianella berries are nodding in the garden. The grasses are greening up, and the air smells damp of salt and seaweed. The peace of the land be with us all. Amen. Work. <laughs>